wall is isolation. This wall is failure. They're all around. Okay, God, you gave me my why. You gave me my what. How? Look at all of this. How? And God says, I picked you. I picked you. I prepared you. I positioned you here. Use your voice. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to walk in victory. You got to know who you are. You got to know what God says about you. And don't you let anybody tell you otherwise. You stand on the word of God. The message title is Finding Your Voice, The Journey. And as you all know, I lead worship, so I sing. I actually have a degree in music. I studied the voice. I know the voice. And so I was really like, huh, Heavenly Father, what direction do you want me to go with this? Because I can go in so many different directions. But I think the thing that stuck out to me the most is that I want to talk about the spiritual journey of finding your voice. The voice that we have is not our own. And Pastor Steve actually said it this morning. It's God speaking through us. And so while I'll be talking about the voice, I'm also going to be talking about us being a vessel because we have to be available for the Holy Spirit to move in and through us. And so what's a spiritual voice? A spiritual voice changes the atmosphere. It cancels assignments. It reverses mindsets. It cancels generational curses. The spiritual voice commands a move of God. It is not your voice, though. That's very important. It is the voice of the Holy Spirit working through you. And God, is he desires to find a vessel to speak through. But again, are you available? Jesus has already done the work. He's already changed atmospheres and has canceled assignments. And Jesus has done that. But God is looking for that vessel who believes that Jesus has done it and who says, here I am, God, use me. And so I want to share, I really want us to look at the person that stuck out to me was Esther. Because we all, and if you don't know the story, I'll kind of quickly go through it. But Esther was a woman that God used to set people free through her voice. And I thought, oh, how awesome is that? So if we can go to Esther 2, 12. So this is what was going on at the time. There was Queen Vashti. She didn't, she didn't do what the king said, so he had to get rid of her. And so um, one of his servants suggested, let's go and search for some versions that we can bring in and we can prepare them. And that was how the king was going to find his new queen. So this is where we are at Esther 2.12. Each young woman's turn came to go into the king after she had completed 12 months preparation according to the regulations for the women. And so it was six months of oil and myrrh, six months of perfumes and preparations for beautifying women. This is so important. So my first point in the journey, the spiritual journey of finding your voice is preparation. Esther and all these other women, they had to prepare. The oil, that myrrh, myrrh is an oil that is used for healing and cleansing. And I thought, how awesome is that? Because the preparation 
is an internal preparation that God has to do. When you say that, okay, God, I'm willing, but we still got stuff in there, and he wants you to give him access. He wants to prepare your heart. He wants to know who you are. And that process, this process is the most important process, and it takes time. I think about David, how he was out in the field, and that's where he was getting prepared. Now, I'm not a biblical scholar, so I'm not going to tell you how long he was out there. And we're going to, I love the comparison of this because the Holy Spirit showed me the comparison between David and Esther in this journey. But so the process for the women was 12 months, but sometimes your process might be 12 years. Can you sit in his preparation? Is it worth the wait? Is it worth you allowing the Holy Spirit to do some stuff in you where he's tearing some stuff out, cleaning some stuff up, teaching you how to surrender to him, teaching you how to hear his voice and not your own. That takes time and it is not easy, but it's necessary. That's the only way. This is a, this is a posture. This preparation is a posture of true surrenderance. And you know God, I've said yes, but I'm just waiting. But you wait, and you know that he's doing a good work in you. He's making you whole. Because the important thing about having a voice and speaking, through, having the Holy Spirit speak through you is you can't be in the way. And that was my prayer even today. God, I don't want to be in the way. I don't want them to hear Tia because Tia can ramble. I want them to hear you. And that's preparation. Let's go to um, Esther 2 and 9. Hagar was very impressed with Esther and treated her kindly. He quickly ordered a special menu for her and provided her with beauty preparations. He also assigned her seven maids specifically chosen from the king's palace. We're going to stop. Well, let me keep going. And he moved her and her maids to the best place in the harem. Esther had not told anyone, this is very important, Esther had not told anyone of her nationality and family background because Mordecai had directed her not to do so. My second point is Esther was positioned. She was positioned. God will place you where the vessel is needed, but it's your obedience that's going to get you in position. Once Esther was whole, so she was prepared, she was ready, then God placed her in the right place. She had that favor, but because she obeyed what Mordecai told her, that got her in position. Because if she would have said something, that would have knocked her out of her position. Obedience is so important. But the thing is, if you're not prepared to hear God's voice, if you haven't learned and spent that time with him, you don't know what's obedience and what's not because you can't hear him. That's so good. The, the next scripture I want us to go to is Esther 2.15. Now, when the turn came for Esther, the daughter of Abihel, the uncle of Mordecai, who had taken her as his daughter to go into the king. She requested nothing 
but what Haggai, the king's eunuch and custodian of the women, advised. And Esther obtained favor in the sight of all who saw her. My next point is that Esther was picked. Because now her heart was to please the king, it was not about her, she had fully surrendered to him, and for that she obtained favor. So because we now, after we have been prepared and we have been positioned because of our obedience, and now we are surrendered to God, favor will pick you. You don't have to pick it. And that's what favor is, is undeserved. It's unmerited because of Jesus, not because of us. And so you get picked now. Now this, and this is, this is where most people think, okay, God told me I'm going to be. God told me I'm going to say. God anointed me. I'm ready. I'm about to see it happen. No, you're not. I'm reminded of David. He was anointed way before he even got in his position. Most people believe that this is where this, this is where it happens, that you receive your anointing or when you have arrived or when your voice is now heard. But you've hit the ceiling of one level, but now you're at the ground of a new level. Let's go to uh, Esther 4, 4 through 5. When Queen Esther... When Queen Esther's maids and eunuchs came and told her about Mordecai, she was deeply distressed. This is what I heard in my study. And now we, we've, we've done the, the preparing, the positioning and pick. So we are, we are anointed. God has called us. We heard him. Okay, we know now. We're, we're like, Lord, all right. And this is, this is the new level. Now Esther has a burden and this is your why. God doesn't give you a voice for you. He gives you a voice for him. And so he's going to give you a why. And the burden is the why. Esther wasn't so caught up in how wonderful her life was going. She was a queen. She had favor. Everything was good for her. But she was deeply distressed. And it had nothing to do. She didn't know at that time that it didn't have anything to do with her. But it did, but she was deeply distressed because there was a need. God doesn't anoint you for you, but he does, and he allows you to feel the need. What is that thing that burdens you? And the burden is not there for you to wallow and complain about. God prepares us, positions us, and picks us so that what we have will not be lost when it's needed the most. And when you feel a burden, if you're not positioned, if you're not prepared in God, that burden will start to weigh on you. But when you have God in you, that burden is going to be the thing that pushes you to do what God has called you to do. It's your why. And that is so important. You got to know why. And I believe that if you ask God, he will tell you the why. Why does this bother me? Why does this burden me? It's even with my ministry. There, it's birth because I saw a need. 
I saw a need and it was bothering me and my flesh wanted me to get offended by it and bitter by it and all that. But my spirit said, no, 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 no. God's allowing you to feel that because I've called you to this. And if you are not prepared in him, you will get lost in that. Let's go to um, Esther 4, verse 8. Mordecai gave a copy of the decree. I'm, gonna, I'm not even going to read these words. I probably could if I actually, like, really tried. But. And so he asked Hayhatch to direct her to go to the king to beg for mercy and plead for her people. This is the what. So you have your why. The why is your burden. The what is your assignment. And this is big. This is, preparation is is really, is important. It's very important because that's your anchor. But your assignment now is what God has called you to do. God allows us to feel the burden so that we can be a healing to the burden. Once Esther was burdened, her burden now became her assignment. So we don't, we don't wallow in our burden, but now we say, okay, God, what is it you want me to do? What is it that I need to take on? So what was happening at this time was that the king was declaring that the Jews were going to be killed. And Mordecai was distressed and told Esther, you have to go in and talk to the king. That became her assignment. What is the assignment that God has called you to? We all have an assignment. We all feel. We all are burdened by something. Burdens are not negative. We're the hands and feet of Jesus, and there is work to be done in this kingdom. And he's going to allow us to feel. We, we have our own lane. And some people think, oh, well, I have a feeling about that, but somebody's already doing it, so that must not be for me. No, what are you talking about? There's enough room for all of us. What's your assignment? Your burden is attached to your assignment, and your assignment is attached to your burden. And I'm saying that with confidence because I truly know that. Let's go to uh, Esther 4, 13 and 14. Mordecai sent this reply to Esther. Don't think for a moment that because you're in the palace, you will escape when all other Jews are killed. If you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise for some other place, but you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for such a time as this. My next point Esther has an opposition now. So Esther, had a, she, she has a burden. She has an assignment. And now she has an opposition. The opposition, now this, this is so good. And I'm going to stay here just for a little bit. Heavenly Father, if you would just speak through me and, get, and help me to reveal what you showed me about this. This is where your voice is developed. Esther's assignment came with an obstacle. She needed to speak on behalf of the Jews or they would die. But approaching the king without him summoning you is a cause for you to die. Your assignment 
will always come with opposition if it's from God. You really think the devil just going to let you walk in and do what you want to do? <laughs> no, sir, no, ma'am. Not if it's from God, because if it's from God, it's going to bring destruction to the kingdom of darkness. And the enemy does not want to have that. But this is where that picked moment, that I'm anointed moment, this is where it now gets developed. Because you are now anchored in your why. You have your why. You have your what. This is the how. And most times, at least for me, God doesn't show me how. He doesn't show me how. I can't see the how. So you're telling me that I'm supposed to do this ministry and this ministry is connected to provision and I can barely pay a bill? How? You mean to tell me that I'm supposed to be used to bring healing to somebody, but I'm carrying cancer? How? You mean to tell me that I'm supposed to get up and speak in front of people, but I can't even get a sentence out clearly? How? Those are your oppositions. Those that you will, you will face, if I, I wish I could do an illustration because I, I felt like I saw walls. Those are your oppositions. And this wall, there's fear. And this wall, there's doubt. This wall, there's insecurity. This wall, there's lack. This wall is isolation. This wall is failure. They're all around. Okay, God, you gave me my why. You gave me my what. How? Look at all of this. How? And God says, I picked you. I picked you. I prepared you. I positioned you here. Use your voice. So when I see the wall of fear, I shall not fear because the Lord is with me. It's developing. When I see doubt, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. My voice is developing when I see lack. For God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. My voice is getting stronger. When I see insecurity, I am the righteousness in God by Christ Jesus. My voice is developing. When I have isolation, God will never leave me nor forsake me. When I have failure, I am more than a conqueror. And then when I'm confronted with probably the biggest one ever, my past. That's a big opposition. Because your past will remind you, <laughs> you think God could use you? Look at what you just did last week. Look at how you talked to your husband. Look at how you failed at this. Look at how you did this wrong. Look at how you done that wrong. Do you remember that little girl who couldn't do this, who couldn't do that? Your past will be right there. But you know what you tell your past? All things. Romans 8, 28. All things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called, picked, called, according to his purpose, not my own. Now your voice is developed. Now your voice is ready. This is so important. We get to opposition and we think, oh, it's too hard. It must not be for me. And I don't know about y'all. I'm just talking for myself. I've done that. Oh, they, they rejected me here. So that must not be what I'm called to do. 
oh, well, you know, they were looking for worship leaders and they didn't ask me, so maybe I'm just not supposed to do that. But what's on the other side of that fear? What's on the other side of that doubt? What's on the other side of you pushing through isolation and pushing through lack? It's a promise. Or it's an appointment with your destiny. And that's my next point. Esther 5.3, then the king asked Esther, what do you want, Queen Esther? What is your request? I will give it to you, even if it's half the kingdom. Esther could have said, there's no way I can go into the king. I mean, that was a law. That was the king's law. You do not come before me unless I have summoned you or you will die. Unless his scepter came out and he gave you the gold scepter. She didn't know if he was going to do that or not, but she had to be obedient and she had to push through her opposition and she fasted. She called on people to fast and she fasted. And she said, after this fast, I will go. Are you willing to say in the face of opposition, I will go? Are you willing to just say, opposition, just have your way and I'll just walk away? Why? Why would you walk away? You've come so far. If God has given you a dream, if he's told you to write that book, if he's told you to start that ministry, start that business, if he, if he told you, then you better be obedient. And you push past the opposition. The beautiful part about pushing past your opposition is you don't have to do it by yourself because the Lord will strengthen you. He will go before you. A lot of times the opposition is, is your perspective. It's what you think. It's how you think. It's how you approach things. So like I said, on the other side of that is your assignment. God allows us, I mean, not your assignment, your appointment. God rewards us for overcoming our opposition by now allowing us to have that appointment with destiny. Esther was appointed favor with the king because she pushed past her opposition. Esther was called to such a time as this. This was her assignment, her appointment. This was her appointment. What is your appointment? What is that thing that you know God has given you vision and dream for? And you know that you're supposed to see it happen. I get it. Life is hard. It will beat you up so bad. But you know what? You serve a God that's greater. And my final point is Esther 8, 7, and 8. This is, this is when uh, the king said to Esther, I have given Esther the property of Haman and she has been impaled on a pole and he has been impaled on a pole because he tried to destroy the Jews. Now go ahead and send a message to the Jews in the king's name, telling them whatever you want and seal it with the king's ring. So her appointment was her win, W-H-E-N, but her accomplishment was her win, W-I-N. You can win with God. You can accomplish that thing with God. Esther's voice accomplished the will of God and God's will is always sealed. 
It cannot be reversed. It cannot go void. It cannot be revoked. His will seals it. If and when you do anything God's way, you will always be amazed. So I want to challenge you this morning that this, this spiritual journey of your voice, the purpose of your voice is never about you. And you have to remember that. If you're in the center of it, then I challenge you to question if it's God. And I know that's not easy, but it's necessary because God cares about the community. He cares about his people he cares about you too, but he wants to do a greater work in you. And sometimes when we try to make things about ourselves, it's too small. Your obedience in the opposition will anchor you to the journey because you'll see, okay, I've overcome these things, but your preparation anchors you to God. And so a lot of us are in different seasons right now. Some of us are in this, it's still in the preparation state. And you're like, okay, Tia, I hear you, but, you know, I'm 70 years old and I still haven't seen that thing come to pass. You wait for it. Because what if, what if you've been here for 70 years, but then you go to positioned real quick, to picked real quick, to having your why, your burden, to having your, your appointment, to having your opposition, to have... I mean, what if it happens just like that? You don't know God's timing, but you don't give up in the preparing. And you know what's beautiful about the preparation? It, you really don't care about the assignment as much because you care more about who's preparing you. These other things, they're, they're, they're light compared to what you learn here this is you getting in relationship with Jesus. This is, this is you spending that time with God that you, that you love so dearly. This is you being so satisfied in him. But what happens is we want to like skip all this and then go to, I want to be used, God. What's my assignment? What's my assignment? And then, so you do it on your own, the assignment fails, and then you blame it on God? He's like, I, I do have that for you, but could you just spend some time with me? I think about my children. Like sometimes I just, I just want them to spend time with me. I want them to know me. We have to build that relationship because when I tell them to do something, they have to know that mommy is serious and that they can trust me and that they know that mommy will be there for them. It's such an intimate place. This is where your worship happens. Don't get me started there, because y'all know I'll go there. But this is where your worship happens. This is where your surrenderance happens. This is where it's more about God than you. If you don't stay here, you will screw up everything else. But the beautiful thing is, let's say, okay, you, you skip that and you're here. You can still go right back here. God will never say, oh, well, you messed up. He wants you here. He's not trying to make you pay for anything. He's not trying to make you suffer. He's not trying to make you be envious or trying to punish you. That's not what this is. This is relationship. And after you have relationship, then 
You can get position. He'll place you. Your obedience will position you because only he knows. Am I supposed to go this way? Am I supposed to go this way? I know I'm in the right place, but which way do I go? And because you had this, he'll tell you what to do here. And then he'll pick you here because he trusts you here. That obedience, that positioning, that's him being proud of you. He trusts you here. So now he can put you here. You're favored. You're picked. This is what I want you to do. And then from here, now he can give you the why because he knows that that burden is not going to it's not going to weigh you down. It's not going to make you bitter. It's not going to make you angry. You're not going to be like, God, why did this happen to me? Why? You know, I don't know about y'all. I have, I have thrown tension tantrums. Okay. And yes, why is this happening to me? Why is this not working out? You must not love me. Let's go back here. Let's do this again. <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm like, this is so me. But okay, we're doing it again. Okay. All right. Here we go. Here we go. I have the burden. God, I don't feel like they're supporting me. Okay, Tia, stop complaining about what they're not doing. And let's focus on what I called you to do. And that's the root of, that's the whole foundation of my ministry because I felt like I wasn't getting supported. I felt like women are kind of just doing their own things and we're not coming together. And that was offending me. That was making me bitter. I'm like, I'm not going to support them. And in my prayer time, the Holy Spirit said, won't you start being what you've always wanted? And then he showed me the scripture. Do unto others as you will have them do unto you. Oh, okay, God, I get it. So this burden is no longer, it's not about me. I tried to make it about me. And when he showed me that, I said, all right, you gave this to me. You're allowing me to feel this so that I can fill a void in the earth. And then from there, then I got my assignment. Start a ministry that supports women who want to be entrepreneurs, who want to be um, in ministry, who want to be authors, who want to be trailblazers. Support them. Support them financially. Support them physically. Support them spiritually. Be prayer warriors for them. Surround them. Start a community. Okay, I got the assignment. All right. Woo, I'm about to start this. And then it's like, how? Okay. We don't have an accountant. We don't have a lawyer. We got to get this. We got to get that. We need money. We need support. How am I supposed to do this? There goes fear. There goes doubt. I'm not good enough for this guy. There's go insecurity. I tried this before with the ministry called Passion Love. It failed. There goes that. Your past. Can you be consistent with anything? All this opposition came up. And then I started speaking the word to it. Speaking the word, speak the word, speak the word. Nope, cancel you, cancel you, cancel you, cancel you. And God is telling me, you speak the word. I put it in you. And so after the opposition, then I had an appointment. I'm having, I'm standing. This is where I'm at right now. I'm standing in my appointment with destiny at this very moment. And I'm seeing the fruit of God's faithfulness. I'm sharing this with you because it is so important. I was telling Gail and Sheila last night that the enemy tends to try to come after me when I'm doing something for the kingdom. 
In worship, all those years, it was always he would hit my voice right before, maybe two days before, a day before, sometimes the day of, my voice would, I would lose it. And at first, it was frustrating. I was scared. I'm like, how am I going to, what do I do? What medicine? Blah, blah, blah. And then I, as I continued to learn and walk with God and learn the tactics of the enemy, I was like, you know what, whatever. I'm going to open my mouth. And one day, I was actually completely, I had bronchitis. It was gone. I opened my mouth. My voice came out. And it was actually better than my normal voice. I knew it was God. It's what the enemy does. And funny enough, now, when we lead worship in Georgia, ever since we've been there, I have had about five people tell me, you carry the spirit of healing on your voice. Five separate people that don't even know me. And I'm like, wow. And the first time I heard that, that was years ago in Indiana. And I look back and I'm like, that's why the enemy was trying to get me. I'm telling you that because when I accepted to come here, and this past week, the enemy tried it again, but he didn't come from my voice. He came from my life. I am not exaggerating. I have had, well, there was a car that ran a red light going about 70 miles an hour. I don't know how we missed it. I don't, I don't, I can't, I know how it was God, but me and me and Jeff were in the car. That very day after we went to a meeting, we come back home. There's another car that was stopped. And then all of a sudden decided to come and like tried to head on collision us. Then some, I was at a Bible study and a young lady said, I see a car crash. And I'm thinking, oh, that happened already. And she said, no, you, you and Katrina are going to be on your way to Ohio. And there's a crash that's, that's trying to come for you, but it's canceled in Jesus name. And I was like, yes, it's canceled. We got on the highway in Atlanta and it happened right in front of us. And I'm like, okay. And I'm reminded, the enemy comes for me when he knows that God is about to use me for an assignment. I'm telling you this because I immediately, in my prayer time, I heard that so strong. And I believe that there is someone or someones in this room that needs to hear this message today and needs to be obedient to the call that's on your life because God is going to use you to set some things free in this nation, in this world, in this appointed time.